It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. It's like totally different. You know, the space is health yep. space is healthy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's necessary. Yeah, I think I made it one day at home. <laughs> and then nobody was using so I was teaching online theater classes wow. during the pandemic. Okay. To yeah. fourth and fifth graders. Whoa. Yeah, because we did a, a service with Columbus Public where we would go into the schools and we'd teach ten weeks of playwriting and ten weeks of performing. Cool. So they would make a play about weather or you know, some educational topic. And then they would come to our theater and perform it, which was so cool. Mm. Pandemic, of course, shutting everything down. So we just put everything online. Or little kids on these Zoom screens, but they loved it. Oh, really? They loved it. That's awesome. They did really well, you know, just flipping camera to camera. And sure. This kid had three lines, and they could read their lines on screen and act them on screen. I think the last the last straw for me was just waiting while we were recording one day. I'm like, Aiden, buddy, uh, can you take your toenail out of your mouth while we're Ooh. recording, please? <laughs> I'm so over that. That's hilarious. Because it's so much more energy. Yeah. Just be like, okay, we're going to warm up. And then you don't hear anybody. Okay, yeah. shake it out. One, two, three, four. Right. Okay. But Trying to was, be engaging. Yeah. You know, and because some of these kids live in really rough areas. Sure. They couldn't get on screen because they're watching their brother. Uh, or they're, you know, mom can't watch anything that's going on. So they're taking care of all their siblings. Or, it's, or they have to go cook for somebody. It was... That's crazy tough. yeah that's tough my mom is a grade school art teacher oh my so god so she was trying to teach art uh, online what do you even students. do that's a good question yeah but they all the teachers were forced into you know creating yeah. yep brand new curriculum and they spun it in a weekend spun it in a weekend mm -hmm. totally and you know teachers are great at teaching mm -hmm. they're not necessarily great at building online curriculum nope and I don't know. I don't know if it was fair for anybody, but it, it sounds like acting maybe is a little more doable yeah. over Zoom. It was because they could still interact and they could still ask questions. And those kids in their chat bars, boy, they love those things. Oh, did they? They're like, Miss Christy, you're my favorite. <laughs> like, Thank you. That's hilarious. But we need to get back to what we're doing. Like AOL chat, right? Yeah. Like we did those. a whole musical online. Wow. Where the kids, I mean, we practiced together and we had the accompanists send out tracks. That's and amazing. They had to record their sections and then we edited everything together. Is that like evergreen material or like, you know, are you able, are you still doing online class? No. Okay. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. It was as soon as we could spin it back. Okay. And it was like, get in here, put your mask on. Let's, let's yep. do this. Yeah. You know? Yep. Acting was one of the last things to come back. Okay. Just because we couldn't. We couldn't get together and they couldn't yeah. figure out ways to get these old theaters up to the standards with, you know, ventilation and all of that. Sure. The first show I did was, oh golly, an outdoor show in 21. Okay. And that was like the only way that we could, we could do any theater. We yeah. did a couple things that were, you know, six person shows where we would just record and then edit together, which looked absolutely horrific. Mm. But wow. yeah, I don't miss it. That's crazy. No. Wow. It was so hard. <laughs> Wow. Like, why did I choose this career again? No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up here? I grew up in Dayton. In Dayton. Um, my dad lives, um, this is always, Columbus has always been a second home. Okay. So I moved to Columbus um, in 2015 full time for okay. culinary school. Okay. Yeah, I moved in with him. Okay. Did the culinary school thing mm -hmm. at Columbus State. So that was a two-year program. And it's apprenticeship based. Okay. So I was at Lindy's in German Village. Mm -hmm. So I was at Lindy's Schwanky. for four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty fancy. Definitely learned a ton mm -hmm. on the job there. Um, and worked in professional kitchens there for a while and kind of slowly worked my way out of kitchens and more into. I was, it was like a contradictory life I was living. I was like living. Second shift, mm -hmm. partying, up, partying it up after work mm -hmm. with all the culinary, uh, you know, with all the cooks and servers, yep. much older than me, too. Mm -hmm. I was, like, a very young, influential 19-year-old yeah. hanging out <laughs> with a bunch of 35-year-olds, yep. if that gives yep. you any idea of what was going down. Because mm -hmm. um, your night ends at what, 1 o'clock? Yeah. Yep. I would work 
sometimes doubles from like 7 a.m. until, you know, cleaning up until 1. And then, you know, I'd go out to the bar and have the whole thing to mm-hmm. do again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Wake up at 7. So it was very but little you sleep. you were 19. You could do it. I was 19. Um, but like dark, the darkest circles that you could ever imagine under huh. my eyes. Yeah. And still working out and knowing how important that was. But it was not... There was no amount of working out that I could do to counteract mm-hmm. the lifestyle I was living. Mm-hmm. And I just slowly became more in- interested in health and mm-hmm. nutrition. And that took me down into being a, becoming a personal mm-hmm. trainer for a couple years. So I did that for a while mm-hmm. and uh, became more passionate about nutrition and where our food came from. Okay. And just went down the whole rabbit hole of working different jobs, like working at a farm, working at a slaughterhouse for the better part of oh a year uh, during COVID. Okay. And yeah, I guess that didn't stop, did it? No. Nope. Yeah. So I was a little family slaughterhouse out in Johnstown. Okay. Very small scale, but I was a part of the whole process, the killing to the bu- the butchering on the okay. table. Um, you know, it's like I talk a lot about the food system mm-hmm. and good things and bad things within it and it was a really pivotal learning time for me it's like if i can if i can do this and continue to eat meat Mm -hmm. you know there's i think a lot of people i think everybody should see how their food is made is made yeah because we're all very you know disconnected from Uh it you know and Uh, it's a harsh reality it's like you know if we like our steaks we like our pork chops we like our eggs even um it all comes from a living thing. Right. You know. Has to. Gives you like a deeper appreciation I for. I imagine. Yeah. So definitely some weak knees watching it all go down at first. Yeah. But it was a quick, um, it was a very quick adjustment. Because it was mm-hmm. every week, every Thursday and Friday, we were on the kill floor. And then butchering mm-hmm. with all the butchers mm-hmm. through the other days. So that's where I learned like where all my steaks came from. Yeah. I can mostly navigate my way through breaking down a whole cow and pig um, <laughs> and be able to tell you where all the cuts were. But before that, from culinary school, I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know any of that stuff. I would have never been able to learn it in a book. Yeah. Uh, so very hands-on, you know, working at a farm, uh, collecting eggs, milking cows, yeah. feeding pigs. Um, what was your favorite? I like, I think the pigs were really cool. Um, They were like out in the, everything was very natural and sustainable systems. So the chickens were in these mobile coops. And when I, when, you know, you think of mobile coops, you think in like a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. We had 3,500 chickens out on mobile pasture. Oh my gosh. So it was three giant houses with feeding lines, water lines, nest boxes down the middle. And then they would get drugged to new grass every other day. And there was a big netted electric fence that we would set up Mm -hmm. around it and move to a new set of grass. So the chickens were getting moved to new grass and there was no automation. So all the eggs were collected by hand. And that's a lot of eggs. A chicken lays has about a ninety percent lay rate, and oh so gosh. I was I was picking, you know, some days I would collect three thousand to thirty five hundred eggs oh my all by gosh. myself. Yeah, you're collecting eggs for six hours straight, three in one hand, three in the other, going right into these yeah. plastic thirty egg trays. You fill up a crate, put the crate in the tractor, and just like just keep going, keep going. But that's healthy though yeah they were moved and that's good environment for them i learned a ton um i saw that you know it's like animal agriculture can get a bad rap yeah no no nothing is created the same in the world including agriculture including uh acting classes Mm -hmm. i mean it's all so nuanced yep um to say you don't like you know to say you don't like uh Improv is mm-hmm. silly because you haven't taken every improv right. class in you the can't. world. You know, you can't. No. So it was it was really insightful. I was one of the like it was like one of the healthiest times of my life because I was mm-hmm. getting fifteen thousand steps a day. Oh yeah. Just like getting to spend all my money on the good food at the farm I was working at. It was really cool. Meeting a lot of uh clients that would future in the future become like meal yeah. prep clients that I'm working with now. Nice. So it was a good good relationship. Well to build. probably just learning how it all comes from is yeah. just probably gives you a better idea of like oh I now I know what I want to put my body yeah I'm- or like 
now I see why good eggs are so expensive. Like yeah. I want to spend the more money because I know that those hens laid a lived a better life. Mm -hmm. And you see how much work work it is, you know? Like these more natural systems can't be automated like a lot of the more conventional systems can. Mm -hmm. So you're left with a more expensive product that is, you know, better for the environment, better yeah. for the people working working there, right? Yeah. I didn't have to wear like hazmat suits like they do in giant chicken factories. Right. Um, it was a very outdoor, mm -hmm. natural Safe. way of doing it. The right way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Raw, we had a we did a raw milk herd chair, so I was milking cows and. Uh, How do they handle the milking? Are they usually pretty good about it? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's relief to some degree. Yeah, them. yeah, and and there's an argument around whether or not it's ethical or not. I think that's a personal choice, right? Mm -hmm. a, a mom cow is going to have babies no matter what, right? And you're weaning the baby, you're you know mm -hmm. letting the baby do its thing with mom until it gets to a certain age, and then you wean it off and milk feed it, mm -hmm. and then you continue milking mom. And yep. um, there are intensive ways to do it that is not mm -hmm. good for mom and there are ways that are um you know a whole lot more sustainable and caring yeah. for mom right so yeah. uh, a conventional cow say you know whatever lowest quality milk that you get at the grocery store mm -hmm. that cow will live for a very small fraction of the time mm. that a cow on yeah you know a better operational literally milk. milking it dry <laughs> yeah literally Pumping it full of as much as you can to yeah. get extract every last drop out of it, Jeez. and they become nutrient deficient. Yeah. And oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. you know. So <laughs> it is. It's like, look, we. You know, there's. Uh, it's something that I think everybody, just seeing where your food comes from, knowing that mm. there's lives involved. You know, the farmers that are there. Yep. All these people's lives matters. The animals' lives mm -hmm. matters. Um, so. Becoming more accustomed with that just yeah. gives you more appreciation. And in a world of cheap food, I think it's like time we all think about spending a little more mm -hmm. to have a better, you know, better quality. It's so hard, too, because like looking at how expensive it is to eat well. It is. It's sad. It is. It's so much cheaper to eat junk yep. and process shit. Yeah. You know, it's not fair. Absolutely. When you're trying to do better for yourself than for, you know, where it comes from and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is there it's anything tough. you don't eat? I mean, I've been way more restrictive in my life yeah. in certain periods. Yeah. I learn about a new thing and then I go really hard. Mm -hmm. against it or for it right okay. like i was a no gluten guy for a while okay. because i read some books about it but then i realized there's higher quality wheats right i would say i try and stick away from like seed oils um or like highly refined processed oils like soybean oil mm -hmm. um vegetable Is that oils just for and health? stuff like that yeah yeah, it's it's um, they're highly processed and there's a lot of chemical deodorization and mm -hmm. um there, there's a lot of science behind them not being the healthiest thing. Yeah. Um, but if I go out to like a cool Korean restaurant that I have, you know, some cool food that I'm not making at home and they're using some seed oils, it's like, whatever. I just right. try and, I try and limit it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. When did you start cooking? Like what was your first? I grew up in a household with a mom that single mom that cooked two to three times a week. So okay. the idea of home-cooked food was really familiar. Mm -hmm. and we had two raised garden beds in the back. Okay. So, you know, I vividly remember, like, bringing zucchini in, mm -hmm. making zucchini bread, or, mm -hmm. you know, like, my mom makes this, like, zucchini dish with, like, broiled cheese on it. It's mm -hmm. kind of simple, and I don't know if I would Sounds love it so now. Good, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. So I wasn't really cooking then. Yeah. I wasn't really into food then. Um but you knew you liked it. I, mean. I don't even, I'm not even super convinced with that. <laughs> in high school, I worked at a steakhouse and okay. it was my first restaurant experience. And first time, like I was the dishwasher and a bus boy. So mm -hmm. I was front of house and back of house. And I loved the intensity of the restaurant. I loved the camaraderie and the mm -hmm. family that was built in the restaurant industry. Cause you're there so often right. with right. these really also intense people. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I really didn't have a path after high school. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I knew I should go to college. I didn't know what for. So I just decided culinary school. Mm -hmm. um, I played music at the time too. What'd you play? Trombone. Okay. Yep. So I was in all the bands. Yeah. Pet orchestra, jazz band, pep band, um, nice. all the stuff. Mm -hmm. I just didn't see as strong of a future in music as yeah. I did food. So we decided on food. I went through all the way through culinary school. Really was not even passionate about it. Then. Yeah. It w nothing really sparked my passion until I had a couple knee surgeries, mm -hmm. which got me very passionate about physical health. Mm -hmm. I became the personal trainer mm -hmm. and then nutrition and regenerative agriculture and like where our food comes from is mm -hmm. when it all really clicked. Yeah. Like, you know, in culinary school, it's very flavor based. It's very mm -hmm. technique based. It's very um, not not health based or mm -hmm. quality of ingredient based. Yeah. Yeah. And when that clicked for me, that was like uh, this food can really change my yep. health and really, yeah. really impact my health. Yeah. And that's where the passion came from. Nice. So yeah, the version of me today that's like cooking all the time is probably only, you know, 2020, mm -hmm. 2020, 2019. Okay. So three years through culinary school and even a year and a half after that, food was really just Jeez. something that I did. Okay. I was learning on how to become a better cook and learning a lot of the tools that I mm -hmm. use now. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew I knew I had to get out of restaurants when I was like, in a restaurant you get fed well. You know, you can pretty much oh, yeah. eat whatever. Yeah. Like all the ingredients are there. Right. But I was like, you know, GFX, GFS eggs were showing up at the restaurant and I was bringing my own pasteurized eggs okay. and bringing all my own food. I was yeah. like, this just doesn't. No. And I was working at a nice restaurant. Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like just because you're paying a lot of money at a restaurant doesn't mean they're using great ingredients. Mm -mm. You're paying for the flavor. You're paying for uh, all the labor that is involved. True. And the skill. And the skill. Yeah. Totally. Which, I mean, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. I wouldn't do well in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, most people wouldn't. It is a... It, 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 It'll chew you up and spit you out the other side of kitchen well. I think I was a server for a whopping two months. Okay. And that was just serving. Yeah. I like people. Yeah. People don't want to talk to you when you work at a TGI Fridays. Yeah, that was not, not the best choice. No. And the food was not great. No. And they, no, it, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. I would say like, you know, I'm a mix of the front of house and back of house. Mm -hmm. I can get down with the kitchen people, um, but I definitely like being the face and, yeah. you know, yeah. being out there with the people. I'm extroverted in that way yeah. for sure. Yeah. A lot of kitchens are full of a lot of introverted cooks mm -hmm. and chefs, you know, yep. for a good Just reason. Get down and, and focus on the work. Exactly. exactly. That would not work for me. But it's a hustle, man, you know. It's nonstop. 50s, like... I was just a cook and I was working 40 to 60 hours. And then, you know, my chef, my direct boss was working mm -hmm. 60 to 80 hours a week. Oh, that's a lot. Yep. No. Probably making a similar hourly wage yeah. if you broke it down. Yep. Which is, so, is not enough. That's what it takes to run a restaurant. It really is. There's is. such low profit margins. Um, you really, you need yep. super hard workers. Um, you got to cut some corners on ingredients and mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really tough business. It's interesting because to me, it's almost just like, I would think that being a chef is like being a singer and that it is so preferential Yeah, that people have their strong opinions on it totally. for no good reason. Yeah. Like, no, 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 this is what you like. It doesn't mean it's bad, but yeah. this is what you like yeah. and people have a problem with that. Totally. Like, uh, you mean like certain dishes yeah. or, yeah. And just how picky people can be. Well, and, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can definitely fall in. You know, it's like the customer is always right situation. That can be – that's a tough uh -huh. situation to be in. Uh -huh. Yeah, so a lot of people ask me like, so you like is the goal to open a restaurant or, yeah. um, you know, what's that look like? And the answer is mm -hmm. I have gotten out of restaurants for yep. a reason. Mm -hmm. So You've done that. You yeah. served your time. Yeah, served my time. I learned what I need to learn. There's still other ways to feed people yeah. um, and educate them along the way yeah you know, that's the big mission which is what now. i love that yeah. you're an educator yeah. on top of just i do this totally. but let me show you what i do and why it's important yeah yep i'm a big educator so yeah that's a, a lovely part of it it's important you know putting out videos is cool mm -hmm. recipe videos that's fine you're not often going to catch me just putting out a recipe without some like right. little secret hidden message mm -hmm. to get you think thinking a little bit yep. about it because yep. i really do think that's important and 
I've worked a lot of jobs that a lot of people haven't. Mm -hmm. And before those jobs, I was just like the average person, not, mm -hmm. not really understanding the importance or the value of those yeah. jobs. And yeah. I think like shedding a little light on it and exposing the really hard worker, maybe the undervalued hard workers mm -hmm. in our, mm -hmm. that make our food uh -huh. system possible is, you know, the least I can do. So we gotta eat. Totally. Yeah. Yep. What are some of your favorite places in Columbus? To eat? To eat. Um, let's see. So Morris Road is like, you know, I spend a lot of time on Morris Road. Mm -hmm. uh, Huang's is a Vietnamese spot that does really good pho. So we're big mm -hmm. pho, like spring roll family. Mm -hmm. um, I've been making a lot of pho at home too, but it's like a Vietnam, traditional Vietnamese. Yeah. has like cinnamon, star anise, um, rice noodles, and then like... I always get like the rare beef with. Okay. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. It. But I I often don't eat out. I mean, mm -hmm. I think uh, me and my girlfriend were thinking about this the other day. The last time we ate out together was um, February last February. Oh my gosh! And, uh, yeah. And it was probably what, hard when you can do it yourself. It's become, and because quality is so important mm -hmm. to me. Um, and locality, it has become difficult. Yeah. So I often am just eating foods that I don't normally eat. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried as much about quality. Yeah. I'm there for like the fun experience. Mm -hmm. um, restaurant Sheila is another Korean uh, okay. restaurant. I couldn't tell you what road that's on. Okay. But, you know, it's these like cool cultural um, restaurants where mm -hmm. maybe you're not, you can't communicate with the, mm -hmm. you know, the staff too well and... I love Latin flavors, so if mm -hmm. there's like a good taco truck, um, mm -hmm. we're always doing tacos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, less less eating out the more and more time goes on. Yeah. Not because I don't think people shouldn't be eating out. Um, you know, obviously I'm a big advocate for cooking at home. Mm -hmm. It's just more efficient, yeah. cost efficient. Yeah. I can control more of what goes in my body. My girlfriend eats out maybe two to three times a month. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm pretty okay. – I'm a – I'm so an eat-at-home kind of guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Totally. And if you've got the space, yep. are you real selective on your tools and pans and knives and all that good stuff? It's been an evolving thing. Mm -hmm. um, I try and stick away from nonstick pans. There's yeah. just some weird coatings and, you know, some potential stuff that could get into yeah. my food there. So it's like stainless steel, mm -hmm. cast iron, um, wooden and stainless steel utensils mm -hmm. i've collected some nice knives over the years and collected some nice pans mm -hmm. so but i started out with the crappiest walmart right. pans and because it was there that's that's, that's what, what i had needed. that's yeah. the money i had yeah. you know and uh yeah it's i like cooking with nice is there anything you don't like to cook or any are you more cooking, baking? Yeah, I'm more cooking. Too? I'm more cooking, but okay. uh, kind of 2024 goal for me is just like diving more into the baking thing okay. because there's a lot there's a lot of baking that re revolves around really strict recipes that you have mm -hmm. to adhere to but there's a lot of bread baking and things like that that are more intuitive mm -hmm. and that's kind of my more more my style of cooking i'm not but, a good baker yeah because you have to follow a recipe you do and i'd rather just play yep. and see what tastes good same and, and that doesn't work with yeah baking. yeah you know if you can get down Certain, you know, certain recipes do require more of the uh, rigid recipe kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I am. I'm like a lot of what I teach or, you know, believe in is breaking free from recipes mm -hmm. and cooking more intuitively because the world is so full of recipes. Oh, I don't yeah. know that we need more recipes. We really don't. You know, no. we need to like we need a way different ways of thinking about those yeah. recipes and uh, yep. using them as like a formula guidebook. a guidebook yeah, yeah. yeah right it's like you can't write a book on how to make somebody an actor you can mm -hmm. put out guidelines mm -hmm. and they can interpret them in different ways um, but you got to figure it out for yourself yeah, yeah yeah and the only way to do that is just like spend time spend right. time cooking in the yeah kitchen. what is your favorite thing to cook <laughs> favorite or that, one of yours i know yeah that's yeah that's tough <laughs> um latin flavors i think trump all in our house so okay. doing like Barbacoas, um, pulled, you know, like uh, carnitas. Mm -hmm. We do like a lot of marinated steak. <laughs> I know, I made, I made sure <laughs> I did. Um, a lot of like marinated steak, grilled uh -huh. like steak tacos. Yeah. Um, 
I've been cooking with a lot of like uh, masa, which is like mm -hmm. corn flour hydrated. So I've been making a lot of arepas and tamales mm -hmm. and um, just playing around with what a lot your, of Latin flavors. What's your heritage? I'm Italian. Okay. But I'm so disconnected. Like I don't yeah. feel Italian. Okay. You know, I'm like fourth generation. Right. Um, my grandma did like Sunday dinners in mm -hmm. Erie every Sunday for a while when she was alive. And, you know, from scratch noodles for a while. The family still has her pasta sauce. But I don't. It's not a deep. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like, you know, yeah. I don't like root for the Italian soccer teams or anything like that. <laughs> I, I very, yeah, I yeah. very much feel like uh, uh, an American, you know, yeah. just a. Uh, classic like do you get to travel much we've done a lot of travel yeah i've okay. had um i've been very grateful and lucky that you know growing up my mom has taken me to been to um greece mm. i've been to paris rome and london mm -hmm. and then me and my girlfriend have done a bunch of trips throughout the country mm -hmm. and last year we went to oaxaca mexico so i've okay. i've done like costa rica and colombia so i've I, I'm totally in love with Latin culture, mm. um, the people, the food, the flavors. Mm. Uh, it's a very kind and yeah. welcoming community. Yep. And yep. we have a strong Latin community here in, mm -hmm. in Columbus. And working with a lot of them in mm -hmm. kitchens yeah. um, brought me closer to it, too. And I know enough Spanish to communicate in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd love, to, I'd love to learn more Spanish because I think yeah. it is like it's a whole group of people that you know, I don't get to communicate with. Absolutely, yeah. That have strong, strong, <laughs> deep food culture too, which Ooh, we lack yeah. here. We do. We lack big time in the U.S. because we're all, you know, all of our families have kind of moved us here mm -hmm. um, from Lost different countries. along the way. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I hope to build that food culture for like me and my own family one mm -hmm. day, me and my girlfriend and kids if that happens and because I think it's so important. You know, it really is. And those, the you know, in the a lot of Latin culture, it's like food is life. Oh yeah, and you you eat well. Totally. Very well. Totally. Yeah. Yep. I my grandmother was my step grandmother was from Costa Rica. Oh cool. And some of the recipes that she left, she had a recipe she called tacaritos. Okay. I couldn't tell you what they. I mean, it was essentially a burrito, but it had a sauce on it that mm. she created. No matter how the family has tried to replicate it, nope. Yeah. No, and especially because the recipes were like a handful of this, yeah, a little bit of this, right. since like nobody knows how much that is, Grandma Bernie. Yep. Yep. You got to lay that out I know. for us. Yep. There was nothing like her cooking. Totally. And she passed away when I was probably a sophomore in high school. So it's okay. <clears throat> been a couple of years since then. But <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, with my family, we never, I mean, Grandma made some homemade stuff, but sure. predominantly German, Irish, English family, yeah. we didn't have any deep roots as far as cooking or that sort of thing right i wish we did yeah yeah it is it's you know i give it can it's like um can give a lot of purpose mm -hmm. and um give you you know food memories like oh yeah i think that's you know you taste something and it reminds you of mm -hmm. home i think that's like really powerful mm -hmm. food is food has become something that is very um like immediate gratification mm -hmm. we we go eat it like fills us up it yep. tastes yummy and that's almost it it's happiness you know it is yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a quick boost of happiness but like imagine if there was uh it doesn't even need to be culture but just like yeah. if you spend time cooking it or if you know the person that cooked or raised mm -hmm. the animal mm -hmm. or you get to meet the people that raised your vegetables. Like mm -hmm. I think that absolutely that is really powerful. Yep. And that's like where you start to build culture. You don't have to have like mm -hmm. Italian heritage to nope. um, feel connected to your food. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing the people that were involved absolutely. in it and you know, you getting involved in it yourself. Like you know how much better a home cooked meal feels like for the soul. Mm -hmm. And if you get to share it with people yep. and they give you compliments on it. And if somebody else it, does the dishes afterwards. Exactly. That yeah. doesn't happen as often as I'd like, but that's okay. <laughs> We've got a good system. I do a, I, I do most of the cooking, but okay. she does a good job at like cleaning, cleaning up, up and being yeah. a good sous We're, chef. We need to work on work that on with it. the children. <laughs> 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 yeah, we don't have a dishwasher at our house, but uh -huh. we, we say we've got three and a half dishwashers. It's that half that we keep him off the dishes as much as possible. <laughs> it's not a good thing. That's hilarious. We, uh, I did a mission trip to Kenya. Wow. And um, the, the folks that we were working with out there, 
they wouldn't let us eat at the hotel. They didn't want us to eat okay. outside food. They said, no, you'll come to our house every day. And so the community helped by bringing food over. Cool. And so not only did we, you know, have delicious homemade African food every day, we got to meet some of our food. We named wow. one of them stew because that's what it became. Wow. And it was delicious. Yeah. But I mean, homemade chapati and everything with every meal and Amazing. the vegetables to the degree that when we got back and we were traveling through Zurich, we hadn't eaten because Nairobi Airport is terrible, notoriously terrible. For, is it? We couldn't eat anything there. So by the time we flew into Zurich, I think I had like a ham and cheese sandwich. I was sick. Oh, boy. Because my stomach had gotten used to eating this fresh, yeah. homegrown, cooked in front of you food. It's, it's like, this should say something. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yep. I think... Uh, you know, it's quality. It's not even quality that mm -mm. is the biggest overarching thing. It's like just being a part of being a part of the meal or seeing mm -hmm. the people that are a part of it. I've tried things that I never would have tried because they were put in front of me by mm -hmm. somebody who cooked it and like really loved it or yeah, right. Just put so much love and attention mm -hmm. into a meal. It's a gift. I mean, it it's is. a literal it tangible gift. gift of yeah. like, I put my hands on this and made yes. this happen for you. Yeah. That was what made it so beautiful. And it's like the ultimate form of love and yeah. affection. Absolutely. Right? Taking, a, taking, you know, trying to impress somebody by taking them out to a meal is fine. Sure. Um, but I think like, struggling your way through a meal mm -hmm. and maybe making something that's not quite as good as the restaurant meal right. is going to provide a whole yeah. lot more value yep. and like good feelings behind it. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know, you you work for it. You didn't just pay yeah. for the meal. How often do you go out to eat and like meet the person that cooked it? You don't. Meet the pre people that raised it? You never do. So no. I think it's, I think uh, people are coming around to it. The farm to table thing is you know, yeah. that's that's coming around more mm -hmm. like the health. There's definitely a health revolution happening. More people yeah. being aware of how it affects their bodies. Right. So are you, I mean, you wake up for breakfast. Do you cook a breakfast? Do you down a bowl of Lucky Charms? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Which, uh, do you have a cheat that you... <laughs> uh, big oatmeal. It's usually a quicker breakfast. It's like mm -hmm. leftovers from the night before with a couple eggs added to it mm -hmm. or uh, oatmeal with like protein powder and yeah. whatever fruit and nuts I have around. Yeah. Pretty basic like utility breakfasts and like leftovers makes the world go round. Mm -hmm. So always cooking more than what I need yeah. and uh, utilizing the leftovers mm -hmm. in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a strict breakfast? Like this is a breakfast food or will you... Doesn't yeah, matter. I'll eat whatever. I'm kind of a caveman in some ways with <laughs> how I eat. Like, I have been notorious for just, like, eating a bowl of ground beef with, like, sauce on it or something. Or maybe ground beef and some sauerkraut. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a, yeah, definitely, like, quality, protein, you know, mm -hmm. quality, always looking for a higher protein meal. Because yeah. that's really helps me feel, I was under eating for a long time, mm. um, just, like, the intermittent fasting thing, yeah, it you know, work. yeah, it didn't work for me. It definitely mm -hmm. caused a lot of issues in my gut and mm -hmm. um, stuff. I'm probably still dealing with some now. Um, I it, just get too grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need some sugar in my body. I think most maintain. people do. Yeah. Yeah. Most people do. Um, what works for somebody doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was just like in that phase of my health kind yeah. of journey, like, reading about intermittent fasting. I was doing like the one meal a day thing. So, and that was when I was working at the farm. I was doing oh, 90 so degree days, yeah. 15,000 steps. I would not eat until like 4.30 p.m. I would eat from like 4 p.m. to like 8 p.m. And then nothing. And then nothing. It's the next day. And just no. like down in cold brew. Yeah. The gut was totally a mess. Um, and then like, when you don't eat for 16 hours, mm -hmm. like you make terrible food decisions. Absolutely. So it's like, it's like whatever can fit in a your whole mouth. thing of peanut butter or yeah. like, you know, the stupidest things. And I thought it was good for me. Um, yeah, I can't do it. But here we are. You know, here we are. I've come a long way. I eat, try and get two meals in before noon mm -hmm. now. So I've already had like almost 90 grams of protein today. Mm -hmm. So really, yeah, really trying to turn things around. Like I've been able to gain some weight and put on muscle at the gym. Yeah. That wasn't happening for a long time. I was just like real lean and mm. um, not, you know, probably like malnourished in ways. 
That's weird. Yeah. Okay, so this is a weird question that I'm directing specifically toward my children. How do you get people to enjoy food when they won't eat anything? Yeah. Is that something you know a magical trick of that you can share? I know. I've thought about making, like, videos about this or, like, but I don't know that I can talk to parents yeah. about their kids if I don't have kids. You know, it's like, I don't know if parents want to hear it from me. I would say getting... Like, in my eyes, getting kids involved in the process, yeah. I think, could really do a lot of good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they're able to see their hard work pay off or they're able to get involved some, it could help, you know, help it make make mm -hmm. it more exciting for them. Or if they get to see the carrot pull out of the ground and then yeah. they get to chop it up and put it in their salad. Mm -hmm. I know that's not something every family can like we're all busy and yeah. it's hard to like even cook yourself let alone I'm have patience terrible at growing so that yeah. doesn't do any good for me either. or like have the patience to have your kids in the kitchen with you like <laughs> yeah i imagine yeah, that can be difficult uh -huh. um so i don't know i don't know if i have the answer i would say getting them involved playing around with different sauces yeah. and and what about adults, though? I mean, there's yeah. a lot of picky adults out there that have just determined that this is not, I just don't like it. Yeah, I just don't think they've had it in a way that yeah. they, you know, I've I've cooked for a lot of people that say they don't like things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's likely because they have some, you know, trauma, like mom boiled the crap out of mm -hmm. the Brussels sprouts growing mm -hmm. up. So mm -hmm. now it's like you don't love Brussels sprouts. But if you've had them crispy with some bacon yeah. or like a little honey mustard situation, uh -huh. like... Now you're talking. Yeah. You know, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. I had to get over a lot of that. Mom did a lot. And mom's a great cook. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. there were just a lot of corners, I think. Sure. Like, um, even thinking about it, of canned asparagus. Oh. That's, that should be outlawed. Yeah. No it's, texture. It was like limp. <laughs> like you could spread you could spread it on toast if you wanted. Oh gosh, like I, it all just comes back in the bile. Totally. Um, but I think yeah, and canned mushrooms. Canned mushrooms are rough. They they were awful. Slimy, rubbery, and, yeah. totally. And there were a lot of those. Yeah. And I just yeah. Well, yeah. Mom grew up in the time where it was like the convenience yeah. foods. Yep. It's like, oh, I don't have to spend time nope. chopping. Nope. Just throw uh, it all together. Mushrooms, mm -hmm. yeah. So, because we had, I think the worst was the spaghetti growing up. Okay. Because mom did ground beef, which mm -hmm. I was never a beef fan. Still okay. don't eat it today. Yeah. Okay. It just doesn't do well with my system. Yeah. Um, canned mushrooms, stewed tomatoes, so big old chunky slobs <laughs> of canned stewed tomatoes, and big chunks of onion, which I never liked mm. either. So it was just that was like plowing. Ooh, yeah. It was rough. Yeah. But I've learned to like it. Sure. Like, love asparagus now yep. because I roast it. Yeah, it's right. It's better. Yeah. Love Brussels. We never grew up with those. Yeah. Because I think it was just not, they're too much work and the house smells like fart. But it's, yeah, they, yeah. I love them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. Crisped up in the oven, get them a little roasty. Mm -hmm. It is. It's just like trying different ways of making yeah. them, you know. Not in a can. Not in a can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's certain things I do in a can. Beans I'm cool with yeah. um, for chilies and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But um, I've been doing, trying to lean into more of my own canning. So okay. canned some jams and jellies last year mm -hmm. and some applesauce that I yeah. made. So, Are you a dessert person? Yeah. Um, I eat ice cream yeah. often. Do you uh, make it? I have not made any. Okay. Um, I would like an ice cream machine mm -hmm. in the near future. I think that'd be super fun to do for my dinners, but mm -hmm. also just like use better ingredients and make yeah. my own. Yeah. But we'll like... I always am just buying ice cream with as minimal ingredients. Mm -hmm. It's always kind of my thing. Um, usually Jenny's. Mm. It's good. We love Jenny. Uh, Brambleberry Crisp is mm. a household favorite. This is the one I, I don't even, I haven't been there in years, yeah. but it was a cayenne pepper. Ooh. Something spicy. I'm a big spice person. Okay. Yeah. She does some really cool flavor combos. Um, and she uses local creameries and stuff, doesn't she? Typically? Yeah. Well, I think. With the scale that she's at now, I'm not exactly sure how feasible. Okay. I don't. Maybe some of it is. Yeah. Um, there's a certain scale that like small producers can only. She's sort know. of grown. Yeah, immensely. it's like a I mean, uh -huh. you can get Jenny's like in Florida and California and airports. And, yeah. It's like it's everywhere. Which is kind of cool. It's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome that it's a Columbus started company. Yeah. 
yeah, ice cream, definitely. Big potato chip guy. Mm-hmm. Big, um, like, peanut butter, chocolate combo. So, okay. like, dark chocolate dipped mm-hmm. into peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I'll do this cake is on holidays, but... Okay. But not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like a pastry breakfast kind of guy. No. Um, usually trying. It's like if it's in the house, it is getting eaten. Mm-hmm. I will say that. If mm-hmm. it's bought, it will be consumed. Yeah. So I do my best at just not buying it. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I had like 80% of a pint of ice cream just the other night. Okay. Because that's the thing. It's like there's no control. <laughs> you put. Yeah. You put the ice cream in front of me. It is will take every bone in my body, every ounce of self uh, uh, okay. will to not eat the whole thing. So that's your ice yeah. cream. Ice cream's advice for sure. I get that. I'm not there. Okay. But chips and salsa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or some guac. More savory, mm. salty, crunchy salty, kind of thing. Crunchy. Okay. Yep. Totally. I could always do that. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. We. I think it was always like the. You would eat the meal to get the dessert. Okay. So you didn't really enjoy the meal. It was more so just the treat at the end. Mm. So even that was sort of like, oh, I don't, I'm not even that interested in dessert anymore. I could see like, that. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't bake anymore. Okay. I don't enjoy it. I love cooking though. Yeah. And I like it, I think because it became, this is t- terrible as a parent, but it became the time where nobody could bother me. Yeah. Because sure. I had to stay focused on what I was doing mm. and learned how to multitask because I do a lot of like food prep Sundays. So I have stuff in nice. the weeks. I don't have time to, to do it every night and yeah. every meal. Nope. So having that time of just like, okay, three dishes going at once. That's awesome. So much better. And, you know, I think the meal prep thing can be um, intimidating for people. And it was probably more intimidating for you for when you first started. Yeah. You compare like – how far you've come from when mm-hmm. you first started thinking about doing the meal prepping to now, how much more natural it feels. Mm-hmm. It's something everybody can do more of. Yeah. Um, well, you put on some good music and you pour a bottle of wine. It's fun. It's like, yeah. here's my no, night. It's fun. Yeah. And those, you know, little efficiencies and the multitasking you learn mm-hmm. in the kitchen, I think those can apply to so many aspects of life. Absolutely. Right? It can make you better multitasker with kids Mm -hmm. outside of the kitchen Mm -hmm. it could help you with business and multitasking there just like because you have to plan you know what needs to go on first Mm -hmm. how long is it going to take what you know um it's Mm -hmm. the it's a lot it's a lot uses different parts of the brain totally sure it's good for you i love it though yep what so if you are well, what are you cooking for dinner tonight let's go there um last night i cooked a big pork shoulder in like a very gingery um, sweet and sour kind of mm. sauce, like kind of based on a bulgogi sauce. Okay. So I just pulled out, thawed out the pork shoulder. I have all kinds of sauces pre- and marinades pre-made mm-hmm. and frozen in the freezer. Oh, so nice. I just thaw one of those out, okay. pour it in, put it in the oven for three hours, and then mm. that pork shoulder we'll eat off of for like two to three days. So... I'll probably do like a stir fry thing, you Mm -hmm. know, cabbage, the pork shoulder, cook some rice, and um, do you like things spicy? Yeah, we go spicy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. How spicy? You know, like I like to have to drink some. You know, Mm -hmm. I I really like the food to fight back a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we spiciest thing you've ever had. Oh man, I don't know. I did the. When B Dub still had the Blazing Wing Challenge, mm-hmm. I did that back in middle school, and that was probably <laughs> middle the middle ho- school. Yeah, I think eighth grade. Ooh. Yeah, it was like a band. Band. Did it just make you sick. It was just so hot, just so yeah. so hot. My it like burned all through my th- my stomach burned. It was so hot, sweating, Ugh. like all around your mouth was burning, was nose running, Eyes running. totally. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I don't love like. I mean, you can't even taste it. No. It's not fun. No. No, I don't think it's like, I don't like things that hot, but I do like a good amount of spice. Mm-hmm. So I have to be careful, like, yeah. doing my dinners and stuff. Like, I can't cook exactly how I would want everything. <laughs> Got to be mindful of other people. Right, like, are you going to survive? Yeah. Yeah, my husband can't do. No spice. Super. He's okay, but pretty medium spice. Okay. Which is kind of nice because half the time I'll cook something and it's like, no, you, you won't like it. <laughs> like, I guess Sorry. it's uh, a little, burger again tonight. <laughs> Do you have a go-to element that's like in almost everything that you cook? Well, I would say there's 
like four. Mm-hmm. I don't. I guess ingredient wise, no. But yeah. there's always like a good, well-rounded flavor profile of a meal mm-hmm. is usually a balance of like sweet and sour, mm. salty and bitter, mm-hmm. and um, uh, yeah, sweet and sour, salty and bitter, and then there's like a funky element, like mm-hmm. like a soy sauce or like a fish sauce or a Worcestershire, mm-hmm. um, and then like some sort of fat. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at, like, every good recipe or every good well-balanced dish, there's usually one of each of those. Mm-hmm. And, like, pulling those flavors in in different ways is yeah. really how. So you're getting all sides of the tongue. Yeah, here. totally. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, good, well-rounded flavor. Like, yeah. the perfect, most simple example of it is, like, a lemonade mm-hmm. where you have, you know, if you have way too much lemon juice in your lemonade, it's mm-hmm. not enjoyable. It's way sour. If you have way too much sugar in there, it's way sweet and not enjoyable Mm -hmm. but the perfect combination of the two is like super refreshing and delicious yeah and that's kind of like i i rarely cook recipes anymore it is very much just like filling those Mm -hmm. for a lot of tasting yeah a lot of tasting like what i call like complementary flavors Mm -hmm. like from art people complementary colors make a lot of sense where different colors react with each other to create you know, rounded flavors mm-hmm. and the 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 ingredients serve the same role. So it's like having different acidic things, different sweet things, different fatty things, different bitter things, and, di- and different just ways of getting salt, yeah. just pulling them in. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'll cook a big giant thing of protein. We'll roast off a bunch of vegetables. We'll roast, you know, make rice or a bunch of potatoes. Mm. And then like you pull in the flavor afterwards of the different ingredients yeah. to get it to where you want it, which might be like I'm high so level. So hungry, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring? Do you have prepped food with you? Uh huh. Okay. Chili's in the fridge. Hey, right there you now. go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I'm a big chili guy. I do like some chili. Heck yeah. I like a white bean chicken chili. Yeah, my girlfriend some turned me onto that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sometimes there's too many in there. Okay. That's okay. We just roll with them. more f- more soup for you. Yeah, whole nose run on top of it. But so, when did the whole cooking channel of yours start? Was this kind of on a whim, or yeah, okay? Uh, did somebody I, encourage you to start filming? Well, I always when I was a personal trainer, I kind of started doing the video thing. Okay, but the training was not my passion. It's yeah. still, I still do it. Mm-hmm. Still work out all the time. Um, but the food, it was October 21st, uh, 2021 was mm-hmm. my first video that I posted. And I think it was it was just a whim. I really had no idea what I was doing. I could still recite the whole script of the video. Um, Did you prep it? Kind like of. Like scripted out? Well, I was like cooking for my meal prep people. Yeah. And I just decided like, oh, this is like a gluten-free roux that I'm making okay. to thicken this chicken stock uh, yeah. s- sauce. So I just like shot the video in the Instagram app, Okay. edited it, edited it in the Reels app, mm-hmm. and just started making them. Yeah. And between October 21st, um, 2021 to 2023, I made over 400 short-form videos. Oh, my gosh. And do you do one every day? There was a 40-day streak where I did one every single day, shot and edited one every day. I was very inefficient. I was coming up with the script that day, coming up with the shoot, filming, editing, and the whole thing in one day. Now I'm like, I'll do three to five videos in a day. Okay. So I'm... Getting them out of the way. Yeah, typing typing out scripts, coming up with shot lists. I use my... uh, Well... I should probably look into a teleprompter app. It's great. I'm very DIY. Okay. I made the font really big on Apple Notes. Okay. And all my scripts are on Apple Notes. Nice. And most of them don't take, you know, I don't have to scroll. So I'll have, you know, camera set up here and uh, laptop right out of the way. So. Okay. A little sneaky sneaky. Yeah, read my script, address back to the camera, and go back and forth. Nice. So. Now I've, you know, got like a video set up. I've got mm-hmm. soft boxes and the whole studio set up in my house. I think you'd be a yes. Insta star. Exactly. Filmmaker. Yeah, I've just always 
tried to make the videos better every yeah. time I make one. Do you find it hard to come up with content or? Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I go through like creative spurts for sure. Yeah. Um, but so many of my content ideas come from stuff that are happening in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've become really interested in like wild food and foraging. Yeah. So every time I learn about something new, I can make a video about mm -hmm. it and then tie it into this like overarching story that I'm trying to tell. Yeah. And um, so it, the, the idea is it's the time. It's the mm -hmm. time to find because I don't really make, you know, I made like 400 videos before I started making any money making videos. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Did you hear that, kids? Yeah. yeah. Stop trying yeah. to become YouTube stars. Yeah. 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 It's like. You got to make your, you, you got to make, yep. it's got to be good. You got to perfect it. Mm -hmm. Eventually people you will be notice so you. Consistent. With consistent. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like anything. Yep. If you want to get good at anything, um, you got to just do it and do it and do it mm -hmm. and no not go out with your friends yep. or. I always would just watch like really cool food video people mm -hmm. and be like, damn, I want to get my stuff to look like that. Yeah. And I've gotten them to a point where. They could be a little more polished, but mm -hmm. they're where it's I... It's your style, though, too. Yeah, yep. And you remain consistent with your style, which totally. is very important. Totally. I mean, if you show up in a tux and yeah. <laughs> start, you know, the towel around the arm right. presenting, right. Them, yes. nobody would buy it. Totally. Yeah, so keeping it a little, like, real and dirty, yeah. goofy, um, people like the silliness, yeah. and... It works. Yeah. You're doing great. I'm proud thank of you. you. You're doing thank great. You. As an acting coach, you're doing yeah. great. Thank you. Thank you. And it's fun to watch, yep. too. And it also makes it that you, though your style is very well trained and very efficient and you know your stuff. Yeah. But you can do it, too. Yeah. And I love that you brought that down to the everyday dude. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like, maybe I should try this sometime. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even trying to change my messaging more. Um, I've created like the cook forage feast page for where more of the foraging classes mm -hmm. and those are going to lie and more of my like foraging videos because I was realizing as I was getting really into foraging, my messaging was, I was just posting about foraging and mushrooms and these plants mm -hmm. that were like completely unattainable to people. So yeah. still keeping that overarching message of like mm -hmm. wild food and foraging but like really focusing on actionable things and you know stuff that the average person can benefit right. from because yep they're not the average person's not gonna go look for 30 pound mushrooms for six hours like i am you know i probably won't yeah yeah but i could teach you the best way to cook any mushroom Mm -hmm. And, like, the best way to store it and, yeah. and the yummiest way to make your kids like mushrooms. And I think that's that's where more of the messaging is going. Right. Same silliness. Yeah. Um, same overarching principle, but mm -hmm. making it less – I was, like, making content for foragers and, like, they're yeah. already pretty good cooks. Yeah. You know. They figured out how to – Yeah, they got it that. down. It's so funny because I started um, – and it, it happened while I had COVID, like, two years ago. But the series alone – have you yeah, watched this series? I have, yeah. I was actually like – this is ironic that I'm watching you right before you and I have this conversation where they're foraging in the middle of the Canadian oh, yeah. wilderness. Totally. And, you know, the dude has to go home because he's been drinking the wrong water. Ooh. Like, could you – would you do something like that? I am so – it's funny. Like, a lot of people imagine, like, think I could survive – <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no. Just, maybe I have a few more, I have more, a few more skills, a yeah. few more abilities to like find food than the average mm -hmm. person. But the but survival. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I've never killed. I've never hunted anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about um, building structures. None of that stuff. Yeah. You know, if I really put my head to it, I could sure. learn. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> do you need to? <laughs> no, I would no. not go on the I don't know. I wouldn't say I would never go on the show alone, but yeah. it's not, I'm not it's like not a survivalist. No, you know? I'm not either. I'm, I'd, I'd like to, I'm a big camper. Yeah. Um, but even then I like haven't gone on backpacking trips. We mm -hmm. just car camp, yeah. you know, we yeah. just park camp There's next to our car. some creature comforts that are okay not to. Yeah. 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 You know, like I could hike in those woods for a while. Exactly. And then I'd like to stay in a nice hotel yeah. at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah, I'll do a big hike. I'm totally down with like not showering for a week. Like that's all good and fine. But like I can't live off the land with mm -mm. confidence. Mm -mm. Something I'd love to do. I mean, 
I think yeah. it'd be super cool to learn more survival skills. Mm-hmm. I would love, I think homeschooling would be super cool and putting the kids through like um, survival camps and stuff like that. Stuff I wish I could have had. Except that they're home all the time. Well, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think <laughs> I like the, I, I like the idea of the embrace. I don't know if it would be a, um, I don't know if it would be sustain possible with yeah. my job and what yeah. I do, but you know, Hey, if, I, if, I can, as, you know, as the kids come into play, maybe my content can switch into, mm-hmm. like, making kids like food more and, like, parent around that. Maybe, it, yeah. you know, and then maybe I'm just making yeah. videos at home and getting paid to do that. And you know. then, like, homeschooling could be a different thing. Yeah. We just had, I, I used to say, like, I would never homeschool my children unless the world exploded. Uh-huh. But apparently that was COVID. So, um, <laughs> gone through it. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the schools very much. Totally. Yeah. 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 And that's me, uh, somebody who has no kids saying they want to homeschool, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. the, the, I could have kids and start homeschooling them, and my opinion can change completely. But I think you're going at it with a different manner, yeah. you know, as yeah. opposed to, I'm going to teach them 17 yeah. lessons of mathematics every day. No, 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 no. 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 I would hire a tutor too. Absolutely. Yeah, I would not. No. I'm not teaching my kids math. No. I did not pay attention in no. school in math. So nope. who am I to teach my kids math? No. It's so hard when they're struggling with it Yeah. for me not to go, I hate math. Because <laughs> I hate math. It's like, you don't need this shit, buddy. But you won't use <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I had one teacher senior year, finally that got it. And, you know, I was the obnoxious one in the class that would say, when are we ever going to have to use this? Right. And one day he finally said, Miss Lively, you are never going to have to use this. Yeah. And I said, thank you. I shut my book. And he goes, but you need it for the test. Yeah. But that was, I appreciated that. Totally. Of somebody that sees, no, I'm yeah. not going to be doing geometry for the rest of my life. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I think, there are some things we use, of course, yeah. but. Quick math. It's like. Right. What I use the most is addition, subtraction, yeah. some super basic multiplication right. and division. Some like, fractions here and yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Every, all it. of it can be done on my phone uh-huh. too. So. Oh, and the phrase "you'll never walk around with a calculator it's in like, your pocket." Well. Um, actually, we do. <laughs> it's way more powerful it's than a calculator so ever wishes it could uh-huh. be. And I can check on my social media. <laughs> exactly. <while. laughs> do yeah. you ever get annoyed by having to be on social media a lot? I get. Anno- I don't get annoyed by having to be on it. I get annoyed at myself by how often I'm on mm. it. I'm like, you know, it is like a. Very powerful driver of my attention. But it's hard because you're also using it as part of your job. Totally. Which, yeah, here and there. And I'm sure, I don't know if you get the phrase of like, oh my gosh, you're on social all the time. I see you on social all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just part, I think people assume if I'm posting Mm -hmm. four or five times a week, it's like, dang, this dude's like on Instagram a bunch. But it's. Yeah. It's your platform. It's my platform. Yeah. You know, it's making me money. Yeah. Uh, We got, you know, we got connected through Instagram. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, a lot of good that comes from it. A lot of my like really awesome business connections Mm -hmm. and I've got to meet some incredible people through social media. So I think I just need to set some better boundaries. It's like my screen time is atrocious. Same. Atrocious. And a lot of people are. I think it's a very relatable um, it's an easy time suck it is and i can't say i don't learn anything from yeah. it or yeah nothing good has come from it ton of good coming from it and that's why a ton of really interesting material that would be great on jeopardy also comes yep from it. <laughs> totally I totally i'll keep using that <laughs> yeah 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 it's like explain that away yeah you know uh the connections it's like a, any tool yeah. can be overused and it can be very valuable mm-hmm. uh I just, it's like, I don't need to check to see how well a post is doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I got the post, put it out, forget it. I even have an app that locks my uh, social media after Mm. like an hour and a half use. I just click the button. You're like, no, thank you. Ignore. I'll I'll check it. Thank you. I like the do not disturb sleep time. I'm I'm sorry I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working here. Yeah. Where did the happy cooking phrase come from? I don't even know. That sort of stuck. It stuck. I said it one time and just kept saying it. And I think like some of my branding friends and marketing friends are Mm -hmm. like, dude, keep it. Keep going with it. So got it on the shirt. Uh, So 
What's been your favorite interaction from what you've done so far or your favorite meetup or your favorite? Because I know you've been working with groups and doing some foraging with groups and yeah. doing cooking with groups yeah. and meal prep and that sort of stuff. Coolest thing that happened was um, I there's this big influential dude in the wild food world, Alan Burgo. Um, he is a classically trained chef who has been blogging about wild foods and like his experiences and creating recipes around wild foods for the mm -hmm. last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So he has built out a massive catalog yeah. of wild food recipes and he's like the leading chef mm -hmm. in the, in the country for wild. like you can go to his page and treat it like a wild food Google search engine. You know, you oh put gosh. a wild food in there. Yeah. There's multiple resources and recipes. Huh. So He's done the work. He's done the work. Yeah. I've been, I was feeling a little like I'm, I'm a very much like I want to work with the people that are way better than me mm -hmm. that I can learn a lot from and try and work for them because yeah. that's how I learned best. So I DM'd this guy out of the blue and was like, hey, this is my situation. This is what I do. I have a very flexible uh, schedule because of being self-employed. If you ever need an extra set of hands mm. for a dinner, let me know. Yeah. And Long story short, I got to like, yeah, go, drive out to a state, oh, sleep wow. on his couch, spend four days uh, prepping and foraging for one of the biggest oh, uh, wild gosh. food festivals in the okay. country. Where was that? Uh, in southern Wisconsin, the Wild Harvest Festival. Okay. So Sam Thayer is like the country's, maybe the world's biggest, most well-known, uh, well-written forager. He's created mm -hmm. some of the most popular foraging field guides and books. It's his festival that his family puts on. And like everybody that I had been following in the foraging wild food yeah. survival community was there. So it was like, my Disney World. Yeah, my Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. Like I thought I was like, you know. Geek out. Oh, I was like, you know, I played, I played it. Cool. Oh, absolutely. You know, I had his book. Like, I totally could have asked him to sign my book. Right. But, like, saying that, like, I'm friends with him yeah. is, like. Oh, so much better. Just so much better. So, it's, like, a new mentor in a space yeah. that I still have a ton of room to learn in mm -hmm. who has been doing it way longer than I have. He makes, um, you know, he does the online content as mm -hmm. his full-time job, which is, like, something that I'm trying to strive towards yeah. being a yeah. fraction of my, right. you know, my money that I make. And I mean, it was literally just me asking. It was yep. just like, you know, moral of the story is just ask. Yeah, ask. Mm -hmm. Like the worst thing that could have happened is he said, no, right. I'm good. Yeah. But I got hired year after year. I'm going back this September nice. to do it again. I was going to ask when it is because yeah. I hear Wisconsin. I'm like, I'm cold here. Yeah. It's, Please uh, tell it's, me it's, it's September. Okay. Yeah. So it's warm. Bad. It's okay. warm. Uh, it's like perfect camping weather. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it's like 200 people. Oh, wow. Tickets sell out super fast. And I'm part of the kitchen crew. And we do uh, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then brunch the following day. Mm -hmm. So we're cooking. You know, we're basically cooking for like 240 people, Jeez. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then brunch. So four meals, all family style, as much wild food as we can incorporate. Oh, cool. So he, he's letting me make breakfast on the okay. first day. So okay. I get to come up with the breakfast dish. Any plans as of yet? I might try and do tamales. Mm. He might hate me for it because it's like a lot of uh, ahead of time, like prep yeah. work, it's a little laborious, a but yeah. I think it'd be pretty badass. I love tamales. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah. So good. So that's it. I mean, oh, that's great. it was like a complete dream come true. That's awesome. Many tears of happiness were shed after yeah. get, landing that gig. Oh my gosh. Getting that yeah. email. That's so cool. Pretty cool. Keep cool. doing that. No, I agree with you fully. It's, yeah. I mean, that's how this podcast happens. Yeah. It's just asking. Totally. And the number of people that we've had on here that I don't know why they say yes, but it's right. like, cool, let's just talk for a minute. And, Heck yeah. But just ask. Yeah, totally. So many people are wanting to say yes just because it's this kind of give and take of the world. And I hope that that continues. Yeah. I think COVID gave us a lot of that, but kind of like that mentality to stick with it. So. I think so. Yeah. It's like, uh, 
And, you know, he had never met me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have experience in kitchens. So that was something that was yeah. a consideration. But he was like, it's like the eager beaver thing. Like mm-hmm. you message me and then you followed up. Yep. And, yep. you know, it's like you it's wanted it. To yeah. You. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He felt that. So right. it was, That's I mean, awesome. he's going to come down in July. Okay. We're going to do an event down here in July. Nice. So, okay. You have to keep us posted. Yeah. Totally. I'm very interested. Yeah. 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 It'll be so awesome. So tell us how people can find you and, and, Keep up, keep yeah. tabs with yep. you. LorenzoCooks.com is where foraging classes are. Um, I do in-person mm-hmm. uh, meal prep, so I could go into your house and fill your fridge full of healthy food. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Lorenzo two underscores cooks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I mean, love it. Yep, Instagram and uh, website is where things are at right now. Amazing. And, Got a couple foraging classes coming out in the spring. Okay. Just wrapped a winter one up. I saw that. Yep. I felt bad for those cold people. But yeah. It was awesome. I'm there was, a wimp, though. You've already established yeah. that I'm a wimp. There were some cold haters there. And let me tell you, the smiles on their faces were just absolutely okay. glowing during it. All right. I'll come yeah. in the spring. Yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> totally. I just can't. Yeah. I, can't I don't blame you. No. I don't blame you. No, I'll put my house coat and my house on. But <laughs> thank you so much for coming out. It of course. To talk to you. Yeah, you too. And eat before this episode. I'm just going to put that out there as a, yeah, I'm starving right now. That's hilarious. Well, hey, you got chili. You're prepared. That's awesome. I do. You got home-cooked food ready to go. I do. That's what it's all about. With your stuff. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Boxland Media. Think big.